couple of notes I want to make. One, uh, the discipleship band meeting is in my office, not in the conference room. So I want to bring that to note. I also want to thank those who were here yesterday who helped us to spruce up and dust up and, and uh, put some new astro, no, not astroturf, but new turf down this last week. If you didn't notice, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. I would ask this, though. You might not want to step on it right, right away. I mean, there's, it's enticing, but we need it to root, so, uh, and we didn't put any caution flags around it, and you might sink a little bit, too. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Well, uh, again, welcome. If you're online with us, uh, just let us know by typing in the comment line, hello. This just lets us know that you're there. I, I want to thank each of you. I want to thank each of you for taking time out this week to be with us. I, I know that it, it sometimes is, is tough. And, and I don't mean that, uh, I, I don't mean that in, a, in a sarcastic way or in a, a demeaning way, but sometimes it is tough for us to carve out time to be with our community. And I, I want you to know that this is vital. This is vital to your health. It is vital to your spiritual life. It is vital to the community around you who may, you may think, they don't even notice, but I bet they do, more than you know, and so thank you for doing that. As a community, we love God and love all people simply by following Jesus, but as we have been discussing, simply is not always the case, is it? Uh, the, the, the table is set for us this morning for communion, and this week as a reminder of Jesus' life given freely for all all who choose to walk and to devote themselves to him and to follow him. See, the interesting thing when we start to talk about living closer to God is that we tend to look around, around us. We, we tend to look around at those around us, but it's Jesus, the Father, who actually set the bar of what devotion looks like. And we tend to want to lower the bar if we're not careful, and come in at the, you know, some of the uh, lowest common denominators. We're used to that math, but it doesn't play well when it comes to living our life for the Lord. Because Jesus gave everything. He didn't shirk anything. He laid down his life, his love, and everything he could for us. And it was this. It was this. Paul states it so clearly for us, right? He devoted himself to those who turned his back on him while they were, we were sinners. It's incredible. So this morning as we, as we walk, we're going to walk and talk about this idea of closer to God, devotion to God. So with God's help, uh, I want, I will be devoted in all that I do. That should be our statement. With God's help, I will be devoted in all that I do. Uh, we're not just talking about a, a workout regimen um, or your personal family or a diet or a job you have. This is life. The life that Jesus calls us into is truly life. And Jesus made it clear. In Matthew 6.33, he said this, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It is his kingdom that you seek before anything or anyone else. And then everything else 
So we seek him. We're devoted to him. We give our lives to him. Those things that we tend to search for in life to fill in the blanks uh, that make, that we want to bring fulfillment to our lives to make the difference, uh, you know, it's, it's really found in Jesus himself. It's found in him. So as we walk through this message, this is the statement, and I, 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 on the front end, I'm, I guess I'm taking a little risk that you might want to say this with me uh, before we get to the end, but I, I think you might. So this is the phrase that I would like you to repeat with me. I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus now, you realize you didn't say that to me. See, this is the risk. If so, if you said this out loud, you said it not to me, but I believe that you said it to the Lord himself. He's in this place, he's in this space, and he takes you at your word. So what does it mean to be devoted to Jesus, though? What does it mean for his disciples to be devoted to him? If you remember right, at the end of Jesus' life, he takes the disciples and he sets them on a hill and he tells them a few parting words and as he ascends he disappears and the angel is kind of like what are you looking for he's given you your task go do it don't go be about it and so they they part they place themselves in the upper room. They have this grand upper room experience at Pentecost where the Holy Spirit, the grand deposit that Ray prayed before, the, the gift that he's given to us that lands within us and he begins to pray, they begin to pray and the, the deposit of the Spirit falls on them and out of that comes this full devotion to the Lord. Not perfect, but fully devoted but what did they devote their lives to? Well, we don't get too, too far into the acts of the apostles, or truly, it's really the work of the Holy Spirit. That's really the book should be called, how the Holy Spirit works through his people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So Jesus' followers had meals, they praised and prayed, they saw wonders and signs emanated naturally from their lifestyle. I don't think these were, these were unnatural, meaning they just flowed. They prayed, they knew that they would come, and they just prayed for them, they expected them, and they rolled. And out of that just became this kingdom multiplication, this transformation in their community, right? It was so, so life-changing that that the love that the believers had for Jesus, now listen to me, the love that the, the believers, the followers of Jesus had for Jesus and his community, that the others, the not yet, is what I like to call them, who have not yet decided, wanted to be a part of what was going on. They wanted to be a part of it. It's not the other way around. It's really incredible. We tend to say, well, if I don't reach my neighbors first, but the palatable love of Jesus is to, for one another became what people were attracted to. It's incredible. Because of this upper room experience. Upper room experience. 
so this word in the Greek translated devoted is in the imperfect tense. So what does that mean? What does that mean? It's an ongoing, continually uh, devoted. It's a single-mindedness of heart and soul and purpose. That is what they had, and that's what they drove towards. So bringing that idea, bringing what we know of the, the apostles and their working out, their devotion to the Lord, how would we translate Acts 2, 42 and following in our culture if, well, if Dr. Luke were around? It may read something like this, and please don't be offended, but if the Holy Spirit falls, let it fall and allow it to bring you to a rightful place. They devoted themselves to themselves. They continually and passionately pursued the self-centered life of comfort and ease. That's the modern Christian version, by the way. You know, again, I don't mean to be rude. I don't necessarily mean to, to, to come so directly, but at the same time, what will reconcile us with the type of relationship we have, the type of devotion that we might want to have but we don't have with the one who saved our soul, who one who will give us life and life eternal. All right, I need a couple of uh, youngins, uh, kids, that is. Do I have a couple of hands? I need some help up here. All right, Henry, one. All right, I need another one. Uh, look, back, who's back here? I can't, come on up, there we go, all right, yep, all right, I need you to hold this string, come on up, 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 all right, can you hold that end, and, all right, why don't you stand over here, so they can see this string, can you stand right over there, in front of the in front of the stand. There you go. Great. All right. Now, so we all have a, this is 168 inches in the string. Uh, some of you have already gone, oh, I, I know what this stands for. So uh, hopefully I'm going the right direction, but it won't matter too much, I don't think. So one third of our life uh, is spent sleeping approximately some of you get more some of us get less but about one-third of our of our of our week excuse me is spent sleeping and then uh if if we're still of working age and stage of our lives about one-third of our life is left to working or school by the way or school so if you're in school about one-third of our life and that leaves well that leaves all of this it leaves all of this to, uh, to, to live out and work. So if, if you're a young person uh, who likes their social media, I'm told that 17 hours of the rest of what is left is what you spend per week. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but if that lands, let it land. So about, about 17 hours. But then if you're not into that, well... You know, uh, there's some of us that commute a long way, right? Um, 30 minutes, maybe? Uh, 20 minutes? Uh, we're not quite like some that I've read in the read history. My brother used to uh, commute an hour and a half one way. 
Yeah, oh yeah, right? So some of us commute a long way, right? Some of us are in the gym, right? Uh, some of us are, are, are uh, we love driving our kids around, but we become taxi drivers, and we love taking our kids around to all their events, and, and then some of us just sit and watch, right? So there's a, there's a large portion, of which none of this is wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying this is how it kind of gets divvied up. And then some of it's just not planned. Uh, we take in that, uh, that TV show that we've been waiting, or we play, we play until we are way, way you know, late in the night, uh, games or whatever, and so we have that. And the incredible thing is that um, there's just not much left for God. Uh, now, we could say, you guys aren't tight, and keep it tight, keep it tight, guys. <laughs> Our lives... Our lives, you'll figure this out, our lives are under tension continually. <laughs> you just need to keep it there. I mean, one could say that, you know, uh, work, you know, maybe. But I've talked to many of us, <laughs> and it's not too often that we actually keep in our, in our minds how the Lord might want to use our workplace. Because there are so many demands in our workplace that keep it kind of, out of our minds in a lot of respects. And such there's a tension. So the question becomes is, how do we spend our time? If we say that we're devoted to Jesus, how are we devoted to him when we can barely, barely give an hour a day, let alone an hour a week? Oh, I know. I know I'm meddling. I get it. I get it, but is it true? Does it cause us? Yeah, it shakes a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) You hold it tight enough, you can probably put your ear, no, I'm just kidding, (laughs) probably talk through, anyway. You get it? Our week, we've figured out how to make ease, how to make pleasure, priority, how to relegate our devotion, Jesus' sacrifice, to some of the, well, smallest portions of our day in life. You guys can go see seated. Thanks for holding it, man. You did a great job. Yeah, thank them. So as, as some of you know, uh, and you look at the back of my car, my brother's told me, he's like, yeah, that's a little arrogant. Um, at the back of my car, you know that I've ran a marathon. Uh, that didn't happen by accident. Uh, that happened with a great intention and a lot of devotion and a fair amount of hours. I remember uh, when I was running the marathon, how Kathy would uh, go ahead, and it took, it took not just me, but she would have to go ahead, on, especially on the long run days, the 18 or 20 hour days, and drop water bottles, because I wasn't carrying all that stuff, and drop water bottles so I could do it, and it would be a, it would be a long day. I mean, this is, this is more than just uh, a few hours a week, friends. Um, I, would, I had a, a, treadmill in, a treadmill in our basement, and I would throw in a movie and I would watch uh, the Lord of the Rings from front to finish uh, running. That should tell you, some of you are familiar, get it, right? So, um, and that would happen a few times a week, right? I mean, I'm, 
I'm more into riding my bike these days, and uh, as some of you, I've told you that I've, I'm actually into, this is going to sound really weird for you that don't under, understand, but I, I actually race online. It's kind of like in, a, in an alternate universe <laughs> type of thing, and uh, to be able to get better at that, I have to, I have to give some time on the, on the trainer. I have to give some time on the bike throughout the week, right? So there are some things, and part of it all is to keep myself motivated so I stay healthy and uh, I stay in a better place. Uh, it's the same thing when we think about school, right? So for some of you who are in college or have been in college, your parents uh, shipped you off, they gave you a hug, and they sent you off, and you're on your own, and you came to realize that uh, the, the lack of study or the lack of uh, doing your homework like requested ended up in some, in some uh, insufficient uh, preparation for those tests and other things that came. Now, some of you are just intuitively, you're just, you have the ability to, to take care of those things pretty easily, but some of us have to work at it. And, and, and if in high school you didn't, and in college you did, you came to realize you couldn't just give like an hour a week and you were done and the rest of it was to partying or doing whatever you wanted to do, right? So it's the same way with that. Or health or relationships. I am sure that if you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter if it's just with a good friend or with a, a significant other, a partner, a spouse, or whatever, uh, that if you just gave them an hour a week, that that would be sufficient, or a, even a friend. I had a friend like, hey, man, we haven't had lunch in a while. He's like, are we still friends? I'm like, really? I mean, you know, but the question comes when you haven't been together for a month and a half, right, and you've had this rhythm of getting together, there's a question of, like, are we really devoted to one another? Are we really in this for one another? You come to wonder about that. Well, Jesus is on a whole other level. The Father's on a whole other level, and the question is, what does partially devoted do to us? What does partially devoted to God do to us? Especially when it's easy and it's convenient and on our time and our way of doing things. It's no, no question, no, no wonder why some of us fall back into the same old sins we've been struggling with for years. It, it's no wonder that we don't share our faith with other people around us because our faith isn't vital to us. It's not dynamic to us. It's no wonder that we care about more about what others, others think of us than we do about what Jesus and God thinks of us and what he desires for us. It's no wonder we find ourselves in situations uh, tuning up our faith from where we realize that uh, we're not as hot for Jesus as we should be, and we're in this mode of continually tuning up instead of staying steady. You see, devotion to Jesus never happens accidentally. It's like everything else in life. It's like everything else in life. I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell is the guy's name, and he uh, wrote a book that it takes 10,000 hours to become uh, an expert in any one field, in any one field. That's a lot of time. 
by the way, if you haven't figured that out. 10,000 hours, and it's usually on your own time and your own dime. So we have to pre-decide to live. If we say that we're devoted to Jesus, we have to pre-decide to live with an ongoing, single-minded pursuit of Jesus and his righteousness, uh, seeking the kingdom above all else. Chase read this to uh, read this for us out of uh, one of the biographies of Jesus. Uh, John says this, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear, much, bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, Jesus is talking to you and me, but he was talking to his disciples at this moment. He said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do no thing or nothing. So if, if you're a follower of Jesus, what does, what does Jesus say you are in this story? What does he say? He says, I am the branch. And what does he say about you? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the branch. Jesus is the vine, right? So, so here's the key. When, when you, the branch, are connected to Jesus the vine, what happens to us? What happens to us when we're connected to Jesus? We bear fruit. We bear fruit. Uh, it, it's it's a, a beautiful season of the year for many of us who are uh, agriculturally based. We love this time of the year. We love the summer, but we really love the fall. Uh, not only do we, we get to see apples, but then you have grapes, and you have just a, a, a plethora, you, all the squashes, right? I mean, the beautiful, I mean, seriously, if you've not been to a farm market that has a plethora of different kinds of squash, you realize, whoa, what, what am I missing out on? Some of you go, I'm not missing out on anything right there. Thank you very much. I get it. I get it. But Jesus wants us, he wants us connected. He wants us connected to him. I mean, according to Galatians 5, uh, have you missed any of these this last week? <laughs> As I probably have. Uh, multiple of these. The fruit of the Spirit, he says, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You lost your self-control this week? Or not had as much joy or love? Right? So when you're... When you're the branch connected to the vine, your life starts to be full of what matters the most. Right? Uh, the very things that no one can take away, no one can take away, uh, but they, it matters most. It's what lasts forever. There's a word in John chapter 15 that appears about 11 times uh, in that short passage of Scripture, short passage of Scripture, uh, it's, it's that, um, it's that it's, there's something being said that John is trying to say by the Holy Spirit's inspiration to us as readers, and it's that word remain. It's that word remain. It comes up in the Greek as meno, but it has these connotations to remain, to abide, to live in, and to dwell to live in and to dwell. Can I just tell you that uh, the, the, 
the margins that we potentially are leaving Jesus or the Father in our weeks does not allow us to dwell. Won't allow us to abide. Uh, we definitely are not remaining and we won't be fruitful. We won't be fruitful. The reality of that is the, the very, the very, very outcroppings of our lives. You may not like to hear that so much, but it really is the outcroppings of our lives. What are we concerned about? What are we sharing about? Who are we leading? So we want to be a people who are fully devoted, all in to what matters most, and allow Jesus to take care of the rest. The rest. So what are our next steps? Let me just tell you, just be the branch. Just be the branch. Be the branch. Be the one who needs, seeks, and stays intentionally connected to the vine. Uh, and pre-decide this, folks. Uh, don't decide in the moment. I'm st staying connected to the life source that's going to bear fruit in my life. I will seek first the one who matters most. So how do we do this? On a very, uh, on a very uh, simple but consistent way, it's daily. So we decide on a time. We decide on a time that we are going to spend with Jesus. We're going to do this every single day. We're going to see the fruit of it over a long period of time. We're going to see a fruit of it. If, if I, I told my wife at the altar, I will. That I will meant that I will every single day, uh, whether feeling it or not, I will love her. I will act on her behalf. I will seek her best as best I can. It's the same way with God. It's the same way. We have to, we have to decide on a time that we're going to do it. And just, uh, Ray, just do it. Yeah. Yeah, Brother Ray, he's the one that brings the just do it to us. So when's it going to be? Or when is it? Some of you have these patterns, and they're beautiful. So I'm not saying that many of you don't. And some of you are spending more than an hour. I do want to say that. But for those of you who are having a hard time finding a rhythm and a pattern and a consistency to your, your, your walk with Jesus, this is really basic. When the psalmist talks about getting up every morning and spending time with the Lord, it's not hyperbole. It's a necessity. It's an absolute. So is it going to be before everyone else gets up? Yep. Some of, us, some of us need to do that because once everybody gets up, the chaos ensues. I get it. It happens. Uh, when you have your coffee, you know, it, it helps you. I remember this from a while back. Somebody said that they, they, they applied to this to their own life. So if you're a big breakfast person, uh, Bible before breakfast. Just, you know, put it in place that if you don't, if you don't get into the Word and spend time with the Lord, guess what? You're going to fast that day. <laughs> You'll teach yourself. Well, no, okay, that's probably negative, right? So, but I thought, yeah, that's good. It's this idea, friends, of pre-deciding, pre-determining to spend time with God intentionally. 
asking him to invade and, and to, to partake of who you are. And you partake in his great love. We have to often decide on a place too, though, right? Because we might decide in a time, but if we don't decide in a place, then it might be scratched. There have been different places and different locations that I've lived. But for you, it could be right beside your bed. Yeah, I don't know. There's a chair there. Uh, maybe you need to kneel. I, I don't know what it is, but you have to do that. A kitchen table, uh, just a singular light, you and the Lord right there with your cup of coffee. Your chair, uh, many of us find our, our place in a chair. It could be on a walk. Whatever it is, you need this. Our devotion to the Lord demands that we spend time with him, uh, that we want to spend time with him. And, and I get it. We are in different seasons of life demand a different way. I, I was listening uh, to another pastor preach. Can you imagine that? Um, I did. I do uh, on a regular basis. And he was, he was uh, commending uh, his congregation to do the exact thing that I'm talking to you about. And, it, and, and he has little kids. And he said, uh, you know, and I remember those days when we had littles in the house and Kathy was the one who got up early and there would be one of them dragging something along behind blanket behind and they would join Kathy and she she just really wrestled with that for a long time until the Lord showed her as this pastor was saying it's like this is this is not an interruption this is a divine opportunity to demonstrate what it is to spend time with the Lord to give that space over to the Lord to use, to format children in a way that they learn to embrace the, the, the quiet, sometimes the noisy, sometimes the interruptible of the Holy Spirit in those spaces. So we all have, we're all at different places, but it's this process of pre-deciding can you, can you imagine saying yes to a, to a job and then yet trying to figure out when you're going to show up? Yeah, none of us are laughing right now, right? But we do that. We do that way often with the Lord. I mean, you wouldn't last too long. I get it. We're in remote. We're still in kind of this remote world where, you know, it seems strange to kind of make sure that you're at a workplace and time. But... Um, we wouldn't do that. And yet we do it with the one who gave his life for us. If we're going to decide on a time, we also need to decide on a place. And we need to decide on a plan. Uh, last week, uh, and I, I loved how Crystal brought this in, she shared how she uses Lectio 365. Um, some of you may not be familiar with some of these and I get it, I'm, I'm pointing to apps, I'll get to other things in a second here, but uh, to, this, uh, to this app, and it, it just kind of quiets your soul and walks you through how to do uh, Lectio Divina, really, and to spend time with the Lord in a, in a way that's directed. Uh, you could use YouVersion, uh, which is a great Bible app um, that has spread the word of God all over the world in some just some phenomenal ways. Back there in the, in the slat wall is our daily bread. Some of us grew up uh, finding those uh, daily breads in strange and unusual places, but you know what? I'm, I think, you know, whatever works, you know, 
uh, you get into the Word. There's another one that uh, both Kathy and I have subscribed to. It's called Dwell. And so if reading is your difficulty, uh, Dwell costs a little bit, but is it worth it? I think it is. Uh, Dwell is one that reads to you. It even has several plans in it that allow you to memorize scripture so you can just keep going over these scriptures while you're walking, um, not just in your devotional time. And then just simply Bible reading plans, friends. Uh, At the first of the year, we generally put reading plans out for you to start in, whole Bible reading plans, partial Bible reading plans, Psalms and Proverbs, but allowing yourself to be in the word and allowing the word to reflect the course of life. Back to you. You see, it comes back to this. Jesus is the vine, and you are the branch. When we begin to tell Jesus how life should go, we've got something inverted, something a little backwards. And yet, even as followers of Jesus, and if you have yet to make a commitment to the Lord, in here this morning, this may be one of your hitches in the get-along. You read the word and you realize there's an inconsistency between the word and the way of those who are following Jesus. That Jesus is the vine and you are the branch. I love this picture. So you can't see it, but this vine uh, that's, that's coming up into the uh, leafy structure of the grapes is large. It's just large, and you can tell that there's a lot of sustenance that's going to flow to every one, of the, every one of the branches and then out to create the fruit. But if, if you're familiar with uh, vineyards or if you're familiar with uh, other types of, um, you know, orchards and that type of stuff, you realize that if, if any part of that branches broke it's going to just wither even if the vine is trying to get sustenance to it it's separated itself from the grapes uh, from the potential of growing grapes if you will or apples or pears or peaches or plums or whatever it may be this is where jesus was saying i am the vine you are the branches remain in me Remain in me. There is inside of this a choice you make. I, I think it's incredible. We often, we often want to go, well, if I'm in him, he'll never let me go. It's, a, it's amazing in the conversations that Jesus has with his disciples, there's continually this opportunity for your choice to be made. Remain in me. He's like, you don't have to, but I implore you, for out of it is life and life abundant. So decide on a time, decide on a place, decide on a plan, abide in or remain in Jesus so that you can be closer to him. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful this morning for just drawing us to 